Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Medium Podcast. Good morning and welcome to my my podcast where we talk about life, loss, love and the afterlife. Um, today is Mother's Day, so I want to talk about mothers and I want to talk about different perspectives as being a mother of, um, say, being a mother of adult children who are now parents and et cetera, et cetera. So I want to go from every perspective, okay? So first of all, I want to talk to you new mums, you new mums who have just had your first babies and they're screaming all night and they're driving you crazy and they're just, you know, um, for, those, for those mothers, um, for those of you who are new to the mother world, all I want to tell you is it gets better. Um, the babies do eventually settle into a routine and um, eventually you'll be doing this like riding a bike. But it doesn't get better for everyone. I know there's also some of you out there who may be struggling with postpartum de- depression. Now, I do hope that you guys have a, um, a really good support system around you and that you have people on hand that can take the baby for. There's nothing wrong with having that. It's very, 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 very different being a mum um, uh, than being a single person. It's very, very different having those responsibilities. And if you are unfortunate enough to have a baby who's very colicky or fussy, um, you know, it's, it's going to cause problems. You know, it's, it's going to make you feel like you're not doing a good enough job. But I want to tell you, to you new mums, whatever you're doing, you're doing a good job, okay? Like some of you can't breastfeed. I get it. I get it. I could breastfeed only one of my kids. Um, I tried with the other two, but I was just unsuccessful. It's not always easy. Let me tell you why. And I don't know why nurses and that don't point out these little things. Some babies have tiny mouths and they're not able to go around the nipple properly. That is always going to cause a problem, okay? So have a look at your baby's mouth and determine that. Um, some babies are quite aggressive and they just, you know, they're very aggressive and they hurt your nipples quite easy early in the piece. That's because they're like hungry <laughs> or something, piranhas, I reckon. Um, those babies, those babies, um, yeah, it's, you always hope they settle down, but they don't always settle down. So if for some reason you're not able to breastfeed and you're a new mama, bottle feed, okay? It's pretty easy, really. Um, just as long as they're getting fed, that's all that matters. Um, babies do very much like to be held when they're, they're nursed. Um, that is one thing I've, I, I will always say. They do love to be held when they're being fed. But, you know, it's okay to prop that old bottle as they get a bit older too. So don't you ever stress out about anything you're doing as a mother. If your kids are healthy and happy, you keep doing what you're doing, okay? So then I want to talk to the mothers of teenagers. I know we go through this beautiful period as kids just grow up. You've got your two-year-olds. Oh, my God, two-year-olds. Oh, my God. They are the holy terrors of the universe. There is no way to control half the two-year-olds in this universe, I'm pretty sure. They really are um, quite um, trying little people <laughs> at the best of times. Um, so what, what? just, you know, do your best with the two-year-olds. Good bit of good news. They calm down a little bit as they get older, as they get to be four and that they get more inquisitive. But then you get the four to five-year-olds who never shut up. You know, you can't even watch a movie without that mob talking to you. Okay, so that's your four to five-year-old, six and seven, they go to school and they start to turn into kids. And you start to realise, wait a second, they're not babies anymore, what the hell? How come you're a kid all of a sudden? And then comes the teenage years. Oh, sheesh. <laughs> For those of you about to 
approach the teenage years. I give you my full sympathies right now. May the force be with you all. That's all I can say. When those hormones kick in, that is when parenting becomes a whole new kettle of fish. It's incredibly hard sometimes to be a teenager's mother, um, as far as I'm concerned, male and female. Some of you out there I know have perfect children and I envy you, but a lot of us do have um, young males and young females who are quite hormonal and um, they're going to give you a run for your money, okay? <laughs> they're going to give you a run for your money. Now, teenage girls in particular seem to be quite flighty and um, they grow up a little bit faster than teenage boys and their teenage boy counterparts. And, you know, and I, and I just have to say, um, you know, this is, this is, I don't care what anyone says. The teenage years, being a parent of a teenager is incredibly trying because your teenager's starting to approach adulthood and they're starting to want to do this and they're starting to want to do that. Unfortunately for a lot of parents, some parents let their kids do anything they want and then your, then your kids say, well, such and such can do it. Why can't I do it? And then you have tantrums and stuff like that. The teenage years do pass and the good news is is round about the age of 18 to 23, they start to recognise you as a human being again. Like you're going to go through a period of about anywhere between three to ten years where they really are not – quite disdainful is the word, okay? Then they turn into 18-year-olds and this is a this is a – very, very, um, a very big time for a lot of parents. I know it was for me, particularly when my youngest turned 18. That is the time when you no longer are the parent of a child, but you are now a parent, you are totally a parent of adults. Adults can do what they want when they want to and you no longer have control over them. And that is just the basic fact of it. The only way you have control over them now is if they live in your home. And that's the only way. You have control over what they do in your house but you do not have control over what they do out of your house because they are adults. And a lot of a lot of mums out there, you need to learn to let go at this point. You need to say, okay, they're adults. As much as I think what they're doing is a stupid idea, I actually have no say in this. And I want I need you guys to remember that. Once they reach 18, I remember um, one of my kids was going through some really big mental health problems that um, – at 18 and I rang up a doctor to see what I could do. They said, well, you can do nothing because they're 18. You can't just sign them in, so to speak. However, the only thing that I was able to do was get a police order, which I did just in case, and then the police could um, escort them to the mental health unit for 24 hours. Happily for me, that was not necessary. But I want you mums to know with you, with the ones of you with kids over 18, your powers are basically gone at that age unless for some reason um, you have them for a different reason such as medical, um, etc. okay? So don't beat yourself up too much when your child may start to become a human that you don't recognise. Someone that changes completely from the sweet eight-year-old they are to this dynamic at times um 18 year old okay don't stress yourself out too much about that it isn't really your fault okay um if you can look at the way that you have treated them in life and they are not and, you know like 
sometimes it doesn't matter how bloody good women are to their kids. And I've met a lot of women. Now, I, I, I've got to, I will admit, I, I put my kids through the ringer. I, I did. I did because I was put through the ringer by my bad choices, okay? And so I basically put them through the ringer. I admit that. But I meet a lot of women out there who have given their kids every single thing they could dream of, the best childhood. Parents stayed together. No drunken arguments in the middle of the night that the kids had to wake up to. But still, their kids became addicted to alcohol or some other substance. Okay? Unfortunately, you cannot choose your kids' lives for them and what they choose to do will always be their choice. Okay? And, you know, and I've met, um, I'm really proud to say, despite my kids' um, childhood, none of them do drugs. One of them smokes cigarettes, but neither of them are big drinkers or anything. And I am so surprised because I did, I was bad for all of that. So, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know how I got lucky. I suppose I worked real hard at trying to make up for those days. And I know I – well, you guys probably don't know that, but I did. Oh, my God. I worked so bloody hard to get their respect back. It was so hard because I deserved what I got. Anyway – so now I want to talk – now, once the kids get to be around about 23, they, they generally come back and start treating you like a mate, which is lovely. Now, one of the things I do want to talk about is when our kids do get married and have families of their own um, because what happens, particularly if you have a son, um, a son um, – a, a mother, a, a daughter and a mother are always going to be close. Um, you all know that. And this, and And – the husband will basically go wherever the, mu- the, the the wife wants to go. I, and I know that. It's just not all the time, but a lot of the times, right? So um, so what, what you have to understand is I want you to understand this. A lot, a lot of us, a, a lot of people out there, um, they do find sometimes that when you get a mother-in-law or when you get a daughter-in-law, sometimes you guys might clash, you know? So I want to give a bit of advice to the mothers who are, you have a daughter-in-law in your life that's brand new, okay? Or you're just getting to know her. You should aim to be her friend, no matter what you think. You should aim to be her friend. She is the mother of your your future grandchildren or your grandchildren. She is also the person that your son picked. And that was his choice to pick her. And even if you, in your heart of souls, know that this woman is the wrong choice for your son, even if you know it, you love her anyway. You love her because your son loves her. And I mean that. Now, if she's completely nasty to you and she's not a nice person, um, you just got to bite your bullet on that one. Um, You've always got to be the upper person too. Don't go complaining to your son. You You can ask questions like, you know, does such and such like me? Like, do you think that she likes me? Do you think that I'm being kind enough to her or whatever? But for goodness sakes, <laughs> your son chose that lady for whatever reason and she is now in your life. And the best thing you can do is accept your son's choice. If they split up down the track, um, then you accept that choice when it comes as well. If you choose to, to remain friends with the mother of your grandchildren that's a choice you can make that your son has no say in 
okay? Just want you to know that. So no matter what happens, when one of your children brings home a partner, and this goes for the girls too, you may not particularly like that person, um, but you've got to try and find something about them to like. If, I mean, I say love them, but you can't love them, right? Maybe you can't. Find a quality about them that you like and focus on that. Strive to find out what you have in common. Um, strive to find out what your new in-laws like. What, what, what type of things do they like? How do they grow up? You know, you don't want to ask them a million questions, but you can find out all that stuff through other people because you need to understand that, you know, when you have new people in your family it's, it's, it, and you're the matriarch, you've got to be welcome and you've got to, got to make them feel welcome. I'm going to tell you why. When I um, – there's nothing worse than feeling unwelcome, I have to be honest with you. My crystal my, – my daughter, my, grand, my daughter Crystal's grandmother hated my guts and she made it very, very clear that she did in so many ways. I mean, I remember one time I had first moved down to um, – um, to her area and at that time she was building a house and living in a caravan park and we moved into the caravan very close to them unfortunately. Now I, I was just a young girl at that point. I wasn't even pregnant with Crystal at that point. And I remember one time I went out to the laundry and um, I put all mine and, and her son's washing on the line. I went out and there was just my washing left. And I was really, really upset. So I went racing down to say, oh my God, someone's taken all of Tony's washing. And she had, she had removed his washing and ironed and folded it all and left mine on the line. So I got the idea pretty bloody quick that she didn't like me. That continued, as you may know, she ended up spreading my daughter's ashes behind my back. Um, but, you know, I have forgiven her after all these years, but it really made it hard. So don't be that bloody mother-in-law. Don't be the mother-in-law that makes it hard. Your son chose that woman or your daughter chose that man. So don't be the mother-in-law that makes it, you know, hard, okay? Just don't be that person. And remember too, when you were a young mum, who did you go to, your own mother or your mother-in-law? The large majority of us go to our mothers. And sometimes being a mother-in-law, we, we get our nose out of joy a little bit sometimes because we think, hmm, I never get to babysit. But that's because the mum's always going to go to their mum. You probably did. Your mum probably did. So sometimes when we are thinking about, as we get older particularly, and I, have a, and I know I've gone through all the ages, but for us old ladies who are, you know, we've got grandchildren, some, you know, they're in primary school, high school, and maybe the kids don't contact you anymore too much or maybe you get a, a phone call a week or something. Try very hard to remember when you were young and you had a young family, okay? Try really hard to remember what it was like, okay? Now, this is for the mother-in-laws right now. And to the mother-in-laws, remind yourself how often you rang your mother-in-law when you were struggling with working a full-time job and having two kids. Remind yourself of that, Okay? Just remind yourself of that when you are starting to feel a little bit, oh, you know, I never get any text messages or whatever. 
And what I always do is I always take the time about once every fortnight to text my daughter-in-law and I just say, I really love you and I hope you're having a beautiful day. And she always texts back. She might take two or three days, but she gets back to me because she loves me too. And I know that because I went out of my way to make sure that I had a, a beautiful relationship with that young, that, that young lady. So, yeah, but, but, that, but that's what the talk's been about today. Now, I also want to address the mums who may be, and this is probably more about my age group as well, who may be, you know, um, completely estranged from your kids. And you may be estranged with them because they've decided to take on a life of drugs. Um, maybe the daughter-in-law got in the way and pulled them away. But whichever way that goes, you know, um, things happen in life that you can't change. If there's anything that you can change, any words that you've said that you think that may have been wrong, apologise while you can. Write a letter and post it. Because a lot of times people will read a letter but they won't listen to a word you say in a phone call, okay? So write that letter and post it, all right? And post that to the child who you were estranged with. Don't put any blame in that letter. Don't put any blame in that letter whatsoever. Don't put any blame on you. Don't put any blame on them. What I would do is tell them that no matter what has happened and no matter what water has gone under the bridge, that you love them, you will love them till the day you take, till the universe ends. And that you just wanted them to know that. And that you hope that one day that maybe we can restart this again, fresh, with no past being brought up and no, no grievances being brought up. And that's what I would do if I was estranged from my kids. In fact, that's what I did do. I did do. My kids were teenagers then, but that's what I did do, okay? And it worked. So to all the mothers that are surrounded by your people right now, happy Mother's Day. I hope you have a snifter. To all the mothers that are away from their kids and can't be with their kids right now because of distance, happy Mother's Day. I'm sure you've had a phone call. To all the mothers who sadly haven't seen their kids for a little while because of life, Write that letter today. Maybe, maybe just think about it. To all of you mums out there who has one of your beautiful children in spirit, they're watching you, baby. I know they are. I want to tell you something real fast. I did some TikToks before I did my podcast this morning. And when I was doing my TikToks, I did a Happy Mother's Day one. And my daughter's name was Crystal, right? <laughs> the first, very first person who wished me was a Happy Mother's Day was someone called Simply crystal so York <laughs> she got me she got me and she got me good I cried but yeah your spirit kids are watching watch out for the signs today just know then they're only a whisper away and you'll um you'll take care oh and one other thing excuse me and for those of you who are missing your mums today you know they they were your mums for x amount of time now they're having a big old rest and they'll be waiting for you when you go and join them one of these days yourself until then, you make them proud because they are watching and they see everything. Yes, they do. They see who gets born. They see the weddings. They see what you're cooking. As long as you understand that. Have a good day, everybody.